Welcome to the Dyslexia in 5 podcast. I am Dr. Kelly Salmon Hurley. I am the founder of the Dyslexia Training Institute and author of three books about dyslexia and your host for this podcast. And this podcast will present topics about all things dyslexia in five minutes or less. These bite-sized episodes will cover everything from dyslexia to advocacy to spelling and everything in between. So if you have just a few minutes to learn just a little something, then choose a topic and enjoy. If you're interested in learning more about advocacy, please join us for our 2023 Fall Virtual Dyslexia Advocacy Conference. Simply visit us at dyslexiatraininginstitute.org for more information. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia in 5. I am Dr. Kelly Sandman Hurley. In this episode, I will be providing an overview of what to expect when creating an IEP document during the IEP meeting. So let's talk a bit about what happens during the IEP meeting. In episode two, I talked about what to expect in the IEP room. In this episode, I'm going to talk a bit about what gets done or not done during that meeting. If the student is determined eligible for special education services after the assessments are presented, the IEP team will create an IEP during this time. The individualized education plan, otherwise known as the IEP, is a document and a plan that ensures students with disabilities receive appropriate support and accommodations that responds to the individual needs. Crafting an effective IEP requires collaboration between educators, parents, specialists, and the student if appropriate. Most people believe the student is appropriate to attend about the end of middle school, but it really depends on the student and varies from case to case. Once the reports have been presented, the IEP document is crafted. The IEP needs to be completed from page one to to the end, no skipping pages. You don't wanna start on page one and then skip to page five and then skip to page 10 and then go back to page seven. The document is created to document the needs. Those needs then determine the goals and the goals determine the services. So your new mantra should be needs drive goals and goals drive services. You can't determine what the services are before you know what the goals are. And you can't determine what the goals are if you don't know what the present levels are, which is why you have to go through the IEP from one to 10 in order. So the first thing the team will do is use the data from the assessments, any observations and any qualitative data and place that information in the present levels. Remember, this is a description on the current level of skills, not a subjective comment about motivation, et cetera. This is not a place to write down that Joseph will be able to read a third grade text when he's motivated, or Janice is able to read her fourth grade text when it's something of interest to her. That is not data-driven, and that is not something that belongs in the present levels. Once the present levels are agreed upon, then it's time to write goals. Goal writing requires its own bite-sized episodes, so look for that in the episode list. But in the meantime, just be aware that the goal should be in response to the present levels. Drop-down menus are not individualized and may be used as a template only. There is no limit to the goals, and the goals should be written in a way that anyone who who has the IEP can understand them. They should be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. These are known as SMART goals. Cover some basics. At this time, the IEP team, which includes the parent, determines frequency of services and what those services will look like. This could include specialized instruction within the general education classroom, pull-out services, related services, speech therapy, occupational therapy, etc. At this time, it's very important to ask what the reading and spelling instruction will be. You want to ask what approach, not program, will they be using? So it's really important not to ask for specific programs. Instead, ask them to describe the approach that they will be using to teach the student. You want to ask who will be implementing it. 
What training do they have? Can I see the scope and sequence? Can I observe the classroom or can I hire someone to observe the classroom? Once this part is done, then you will then you will have the fun part. And by fun, I mean accommodations because this conversation usually has the least amount of controversy. And it's nice that it usually comes at the end of the IEP. Accommodations always need to respond to the individual need of the student. And I can tell you that I've seen preferential seating on every single IEP I've ever read, but there's no way that every kid needs preferential seating. So again, accommodations should also be individualized. Also, accommodations are there if the student needs it. It does not mean they have to use them every single time. Accommodations like services and goals should be carefully revised at every IEP meeting. Accommodations and assistive technology also deserve their own bite-side episode, so be on the lookout for that in the episode list. Now you have a functional IEP, or maybe almost functional IEP. It may, it may still need work. You may still be thinking about some parts, and that's okay. The IEP is a working document. You can request meetings, and the team can discuss modifications to the IEP when it's appropriate. At the very least, IEPs are to be revisited and revised no less than once per year. So now you have the under five minute description of what should take place during the IEP meeting. Many of the components deserve their own bite-sized episodes and every case is very different. So be on the lookout for those. In the meantime, remember that dyslexia is real and you got this. <laughs> <laughs>